Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Russell Ramble Podcast. I am Luke Owen and I'm joined by El Fakador Laurie Hello. How are you, sir? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. Feels like it's been a very busy week. Uh, I suppose coming off the back of Crown Jewel, lots of news coming out of that. Mm. Um, and it seems bizarre. Terrible news. <laughs> I come bearing sad tidings. <laughs> I come bearing incredibly weird news. <laughs> Did you know Shane is the best in the world? <laughs> he decided himself. Uh, and then sort of off the back of that, I'm, I'm still struggling to... Re- like to be- like to realise it's Survivor Series next weekend. Yeah, man. Can't like I still can't fathom that it's Survivor Series next weekend. It's it's weird because for like I guess because we've obviously had that many pay per views in that short space of time before before they did the you know when they when they were doing split brand pay per views there was this many mm-hmm. but because they each show individually built up to their own pay per view you went into them feeling like oh I actually care about backlash or yeah. whatever it would be this month. I have had four weeks worth of yeah. bills to get here. Yeah, exactly. I have had a full like nice run of like you telling me what the story is, what's happening. But because there's been so many other things happening, it's like we co- we haven't discussed Survivor Series before Crown Jewel happened. Exactly. Apart from uh, like after Evolution they went, oh we could do the women's match because they, they don't get to be involved in Crown Jewel so that's <laughs> why. But until after Crown Jewel we can't really talk about champion versus champion, this, that and the other like all this kind of stuff. So. And before that you had Super Showdown and yeah, you had exactly. um, Smackdown 1000 yeah. and I think Helena Cell was in there as well. Like, exactly. It just felt like there was all of these shows just all at the same time and Survivor Series is the light at the end of the tunnel. Yes. And then we've just got TLC and then the year is over and then there'll just be lots of wrap up shows. Yeah. I'm a bit concerned about the NXT reviews when we get to that point because a lot of those NXT shows around then are just recaps of what's happened in the year. I would just, yeah. Do, do we need to do those episodes? Will people expect us to do those Probably, episodes? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, we'll just like, do lists. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what they're doing. Yeah. So we may as well. Uh, I want to thank uh, Paul Robinson for uh, Robinson for sending in an email to us. Uh, good day, Luke, Ollie, and or Laurie, depending on which show this goes out on, because he wanted to send us an email to try and explain how to pronounce Spanish names. Because you and I had such tri- uh, difficulty with Humberto... Carrillo. Yes, that's the fella. Um, and he was... Uh, he was I've been bit- saying Los Ingo Bananas for a long time. <laughs> <Los> Ingo- <laughs> uh, he said, I'm actually shocked about El Fagador not being able to speak Spanish. Uh, I thought your years of lucha in the back streets of Guadalajara would have helped with it. So he was very surprised you can't you don't speak very good Spanish. But he has a very nice little list for us to always uh, say Spanish names correctly. Um, well, yeah. So, like, for example, here we've got, you know, C's and K's are always the same unless C is followed by H. G is always G, like grape. H is always silent uh, unless it is with C or S or T. So, it's like, for Humberto Carrillo is pronounced Humberto Carrillo. Or Carrillo. Cool. So there you go. I'm going to call him Humberto Carrillo and yeah. stick with it. <laughs> or 
Los Ingo's Bananas. Yeah, Los Ingo Bananas. So thank you very much for that email. Uh, and we also got a uh, an email here from James Dillon. James J. Dillon is one of our pledge hammers. Uh, good morning, gentlemen. I'm in the middle of listening to your latest NXT review when you guys mentioned the French-looking area outside of Full Sail. I've seen it when attending NXT, and I believe it's used as a set. Full Sail is an art and media university. That's one of the reasons NXT films there. The university already has a soundstage, and the students can help out set up production and camera work. I imagine Imagine in a few years, WWE might be getting some of their writers or producers from Full Sail. So that's why it looks like a French uh, street. Because it probably is meant to be used yeah. as a French street. Fine. <laughs> I, I also like the idea that they're getting uh, the students to help set up with the cameras and stuff. WWE, rinsing them interns. <laughs> rinse them interns. you got to rinse them. you got to rinse them and <laughs> shuck them away. <laughs> Um, I look quite like this email we got as well. This is from uh, from Rosie. Hey, lads, I'd like to pose a scenario for you guys. I'm going to do this with Ollie Davis uh, on the Saturday show as well. The scenario is as follows. You've been kidnapped and the wrestlers from the last match you watched have to work together to rescue you. Who's coming to save you and how do you fare? She and she adds here that keep in mind this is all in kayfabe. If the wrestlers hate each other in storyline, then they may not they may not be able to get along. If they have any supernatural powers like Kane's uh, control over fire, then maybe they'll be able to use them. If one of the wrestlers is evil and being saved from them might be worse than staying kidnapped. If one of the wrestlers is a heroic type, just assume they're doing it for something other than your own well-being. So who what was the last match you watched? Well, the last match I watched, funnily enough, was from NXT. It was uh the Velveteen Dream versus Lars Sullivan. So you are kidnapped and they are coming to rescue you. Yeah. How does that go? Well, so Velveteen Dream is coming to rescue me because he wants me to say his name. Yes, uh, obviously. <laughs> he's, so he's not doing it for any altruistic purpose. He's just doing it for that reason. He has employed Lars Sullivan Ooh, in, in, in an attempt to juggernaut his way <laughs> into the prison in which I am being held. However, Lars Sullivan is still quite cross about the NXT title debacle and wants to be the main man mountain thing mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. on NXT. So he is being particularly difficult to work with, I assume. However, Velveteen Dream manages to, I guess, charm the guards? <laughs> yeah. Uh, into giving him the keys. But just as that happens, Tommaso Ciampa appears. <laughs> <laughs> and causes all sorts of havoc. Bloody and Tommaso I, Ciampa. And while they're sorting that out, I die of starvation. Bloody Tommaso Ciampa. It ruins everything. Uh, but thank you for all your correspondence. We'll have some more in the outro of this show. Um... So, actually, for the record, the last uh, two people I saw have a match was Becky and Charlotte. Mm. So I'd imagine Becky will just not be interested in saving me whatsoever because mm. Charlotte will do everything she can because she's the valiant babyface. But Becky's just going to be walking around. She, she doesn't care. Like, what? Why, why does saving me help her? Yeah. Charlotte would get herself... I think Charlotte would get herself kidnapped. <laughs> and she, she would be in a separate cell and she would have emptied out the toilet bowl. Mm -hmm. And she would hope that you would do the same. And then she would be going, woo, in code down the toilet so that you could hear it. And then you would know and then you would know what day the prison break was happening. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, thank God, because Becky ain't helping me, that's for sure. But thank you so much for your correspondence. Here is the NXT show where we're talking, first off, about Johnny Gargano's promo. Here's the show. Where some people, particularly on our Discord channel, there are some people over there, there are some people I've seen online who thought... <clears throat> who thought? Uh, who thought? Who thought? Who thought? Who thought that Johnny Gargano's promo, which he recorded on his cell phone about Alistair Black, was the best promo in NXT this year? Personally, I don't think so. No, he's very popular, though, isn't he? <laughs> he's very. It turns popular. out he's very popular. But what I would say is that it was a very cool promo. It was a very cool, yes. like, it was very well put together. So it was kind of set up earlier in the night where Candice LeRae was walking outside the building earlier in the day. And she addressed that, uh, that Nikki Cross was kind of meddling in their affairs and their personal life. She didn't want her personal, uh, her personal life interfering with her professional life. And you know she's just... shouldn't have married Johnny Carcano. Then. Well, absolutely, yes. <laughs> uh, he's all about that. Yeah, and they're now doing this with Renee Young and Dean Ambrose. One looks uh. things on Raw, so we'll see how that goes. But she challenged Nikki Cross to a match, which she's going to ask Regal for a match with Nikki Cross. And then it was announced that Johnny Gargano had literally just sent in a video of him explaining his actions, so to speak, I guess. And then we got that later in the night, and it was a cell phone recorded promo. It's one of the cool things about NXT. It looks like 
the wrestlers themselves are kind of providing stuff for the show. Mm-hmm. Like they've approached the production team and said, I want to put this in or have sent something to William Regal and said, I want this to be on the show. And then William Regal being the general manager is like, yes, I think I will put this on the show. Actually, you know what? absolutely. I don't understand how phones work, though. So if you could show me, that'd be really good. And also, if you could set my VCR, that'd be great. <laughs> I'm trying to record heartbeat. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know it's, it's been cancelled. <laughs> I just really want to watch Brookside. <laughs> and anyway, so Johnny Gargano is on the path that he attacked Alistair Black on that night, that fateful night when Alistair Black was run mm. over and uh, or attacked. And um, he, he kind of does it. He explains the reason why he attacked Alistair Black, and that reason was. You're right there. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> You have to believe that. So. <laughs> I will. <laughs> he he says the reason was is because he felt that he was the only person who could defeat Champa uh, in the for the NXT Championship, and he wanted it to be him. Mm-hmm. And it was originally supposed to be a triple threat, and so he took out Alistair Black to make it a singles match. And he says that like people are asking why I've changed, and I haven't changed. I'm the same Johnny Gargano I've always been. Mm. I fight for what is right, but sometimes you have to fight a little dirty. I love this. I thought this, I thought this was really good. I love the idea that he still thinks he's the hero. Yes, like, abso- yes. You know, it's that it's that same like delusional. Like Dolph Ziggler's doing a little bit of like delusional stuff on uh, Raw as well. But this is this is next level delusion of like you know. I think it's not. It's better than just going. I'm the best. It's better to just be like, no, I'm the hero. Like yeah. I'm the one. Like to suddenly, and it's been so well built up. Like Champ has been teasing it for weeks as well in, on Twitter and in some of his promos, saying that obviously like Johnny was the one who was getting all the cheers, even though I was carrying the team, and Johnny was the one taking the pinfalls. Yeah. But everyone loved Johnny wrestling, and now now Johnny believes his own hype. Yeah. He's he's there going like. Guys, no, I'm right. Yeah. Like, I've done this for you. Absolutely, You're supposed yeah. to cheer me now. Mm. And he does, and he believes that. And he says that he used to be afraid of the dark. Obviously, Alistair Black likes to fade people to black. Uh, but he kind of likes the dark now. <laughs> and then he ends the promo, and he sits down in the exact same spot that Alistair Black was found lying on the floor. And he says, hey, Black. Like, hey, Alistair, does this look familiar to you? And he kind of, like, shoots the uh, the floor, like, with the phone, not with a gun. And um, and that was it. And that's the end of the promo. And it kind of it, he puts the phone down. A very, very cool segment. Yeah, he says, I, uh, that's, this is the spot where I left you laying. Yes. And come take over war games. I will leave, leave you, you laying, laying again. again. It was very cool. I thought it was a very well put together Segment, but mm. for me, like it's not promo of the year. I don't think I would know what promo of the year is. I would probably give it to someone like Adam Cole. I'm ricochet. sure he is. Rick, yeah, that ricochet segment with uh, uh, the Velveteen Dream, yeah. that which was is probably it. dreams more dreams promo. Ricochet just did one cool thing. He did. The, he did the. <laughs> flip, he did one though. really. He did do a flip. Yeah, he spoke with the flip, mm. and that's he, said, he said it. He said it all with his beautiful gymnastics. Sometimes that's all you yeah. need to do is say everything in flips. Mm. Um, and He's taken sign language to the <laughs> next level. <laughs> flip language. So. I thought it was a very cool segment, but I wouldn't say it was promo of the year. But I, what I liked about it was, as you say, kind of like this new direction for the character mm. of, of Johnny Gargano, which is that, no, like, I'm right. What I've done is, like, the best thing ever. Yeah, I think he's. I think it's it's interesting that to watch him fall in a way that's not just like, you know, Champa's heel turn was a very swervy, suddenly he's bad, magically he's bad. but it, And then, actually, it's taken this long for him to justify kind of why he did it and it turns out that he's also possibly right in this situation actually now because like Champa's whole thing was saying you know like Johnny was a bit of a knob like you Mm. know he was like really into being the crowd favourite and actually like he was the one letting us down and playing too much to them and doing all this stuff and then it turns out Johnny does believe his hype so maybe Champa's right. I would disagree slightly. I think that that Champa, when he did turn heel, it was it was a very much like a long time coming. Oh, yes, it was very yeah. much like a predetermined thing of like going back to the the first um, first round of the Cruiserweight Classic when like it looked like he was going to turn his back on uh, Gargano there. So I think they did a nice sort of slow burn for that. Mm. But yeah, then obviously he was out for a year, which sort of then delayed the the reasoning for why he did it. Yes. But it, it works so nicely as a character piece for like because Champa. Technically, Champa was right anyway. Mm. Johnny was the one that was taking the pinfalls. I think there was one match where Champa took a pinfall, but most of the time it was Johnny Wrestling losing the matches for DIY. So Champa was the best kind of heels, the ones who were justified in their actions, so to speak. Mm. So it is now kind of interesting that, yeah, Johnny 
because Johnny, what Johnny Wrestling is doing here isn't right. Like, him taking out Alistair Black so he could have a one-on-one match was not the right thing to do. Categorically, it was not the right thing to do. No. But to Johnny Wrestling, to Johnny Gargano, it was the right thing. Mm. And I love that, actually. I think that's a really interesting turn for him. Yeah, I'm pleased that this is happening. And I hope, like, actually, it's nice to have it affect it in a way that doesn't just mean we just get another Gargano and Champa match. Yes. Like, we actually get to have, like singles matches here and it, it was obviously the perfect cover for Black's um, injury anyway yeah. but yeah now we get to see Gargano versus Black and that that's great and I would love to see Johnny go on and do more of that sort of like I guess his own version of vigilanteism <laughs> like going around NXT well he is wearing like venom on his yeah, hoodie yeah. Now, so yeah S- sorting out problems that kind of thing being a cool anti-hero mm. um, it is interesting actually you mentioned that because Alistair Black was legit injured that's why he was taken out of that match mm. whether this was the plan all along was to kind of turn Gargano heel or whether that has come as sort of like off the back of Black being injured and being taken out of that match. Mm. I mean, with the way that NXT is booked and it's very much a long-term thing, I can almost see that it was always the plan. I think it was. I think we've seen enough uh, of Johnny falling victim of his own hubris mm-hmm. in the previous matches that uh, Champer and he had before Black was ever introduced into the mix and before Champer even had the belt. Like, Johnny lost those matches because he went too far. And he let his sort of dark side out because he thought he was justified in doing that and trying to hurt Champa. So I guess, like, it kind of always was the thing that Johnny would fall as a victim of his own sort of, like, lust for vengeance or yeah. whatever. And, you know, the, the more heelish he got, the more he lost. Yeah. But the more the, the more evil, I guess, he wanted to be in, in response to that, it seems like. I could definitely see that perhaps the original plan was that Champa was going to win <clears> at... <throat> it, oh, I can't remember which show it was now. Was it um, Brooklyn... Four, where there was mostly the triple threat. I think it was Brooklyn. Yeah. Let's say it was Brooklyn. It might not have been. But let's say it was Brooklyn. I think it was Brooklyn because I wasn't here for it. Mm. Um, so say it was like it was going to be this triple threat and Champa was always going to win that. I could almost see Johnny then blaming Black for the loss and being like, well, if it was a one-on-one match, yes. I would I would have won that. And that would have been what fueled his heel turn. Mm. But actually now we've got this quite nice thing of him. We had the, the, a cool mystery instead where Scooby-Doo got to come in and <laughs> Scooby-Doo being Nikki Cross, obviously, yeah. to, to come in and, and solve the mystery for us. I would have got away with it too if it wasn't for this crazy bint. <laughs> Russell Ramble is taking over the Prince Charles Cinema on November 13th, 2018 for a live podcast recording along with a special screening of one of the greatest wrestling documentaries of all time, Beyond the Mat. Since you are able to regurgitate, you know, on command, um, <laughs> it, it just seems to me that, that, that it's pretty logical that you should be puke. Holly El Fakador and myself will be in attendance to watch the film and meet everyone who comes along, as well as record a live episode of the podcast with your cues and RAs. You make it sound like you don't even want to live. There's time to know. But this won't just be any old screening of Beyond the Mat, no, no, no. This will be a wrestler-long screening. We want to create the atmosphere of a wrestling show inside the cinema screen. That means that we want you to bring your signs, bring your costumes, and bring your chants. He's got a puke! He's got a puke! It's going to be a lot of fun, and we can't wait to meet you all there. That's November 13th at the Prince Charles Cinema in London. Wrestler-long screening of Beyond the Mat, along with a live podcast record of Wrestle Ramble. Tickets are available now from PrinceCharlesCinema.com, but they are going fast. Game of Wall Street 4. Wall Street wasn't fun. Wrestling is fun. That's PrinceCharlesCinema.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Now, to peel back the curtain ever so slightly here on the, the inner workings of WrestleTalk, we've been asked a lot, like, pretty much since I joined this this organization, to be like, hey, why aren't you guys doing weekly NXT reviews? Do weekly mm. NXT reviews. Do weekly NXT reviews. And we always sort of held off on it. The audience for NXT is quite small in comparison to Raw and SmackDown, things like that. There's YouTube algorithm stuff that would affect things. So that's why we kind of had to set it as the this Patreon target. And one of the other reasons I had a sort of like as, as a hesitation to do mm. NXT reviews was that oftentimes there are just NXT episodes that happen and there's not a lot to talk about. Mm. And thankfully, since we've started doing that for the last few weeks, there has been things to talk about. And I was suddenly I started to think maybe I've just been wrong. Maybe <laughs> there maybe there is always something to talk about with NXT. And then this show happened where I was like, oh no, there's sometimes there aren't just weeks where nothing happens. Yeah, yeah. So good wrestling happened. Yeah, so there wasn't abs- a lot of forward momentum. Absolutely, perfectly fine wrestling was on this <laughs> show, but as a, a and the hour flew by, I mm. guess. But as like yeah, as you said, as like creating momentum to lead into a pay per view, not so yeah. much. The hour flew by as if it almost wasn't there. <laughs> like if I didn't see this episode, I think I would have gone into War Games with the exact same feelings i had about mm. the, the the matches um obviously a match did get announced and the the end segment was quite cool but um yeah anyway yeah. so let's 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 dive into it we kicked off with a tag team match featuring heavy machinery and the forgotten sons being made up of wesley blake and steve cutler um as a bit of a mistake i made that i'd like to correct go the, for it the very first nxt ramble review we did uh i said that um jackson Riker, i think his mm-hmm. name i said that it was um bram in uh ntna gunner mate gunner mate wasn't it obviously i was thinking of the wrong james storm partner blooming gunner bloody gunner wasn't it so that was my mistake um really this match for me was all about how awesome otis dozovich is yeah he's and I didn't, so good but he's really good but also i don't feel like we need to know that again like <laughs> you know what i mean yeah, like, yeah. he's literally just had a match against champa and I felt like they were trying to make the Forgotten Sons a thing for the last like couple of months, mm. and now, no. Yeah, like, I, I, I just like why? Like one, if if that's the case, if it's like if the idea is that Blake and Cutler are naff, if Riker's not in the ring, just put Riker in the ring. Like, <laughs> and I think also Heavy Machinery wouldn't have been that damaged by a loss here through shenanigans or whatever you want to do like there's there's a third man on the outside yeah there is there are plenty of ways to tip this mm-hmm. in the favor of the forgotten sons and have them pick up the pinfall to then gain momentum because then when you when we get to the end of this year and either after one of the big pay-per-views like maybe survivor series or wrestlemania they're going to lose a bunch of tag teams and they're going to need some heel ones it's mm. because you know who knows where the undisputed era are going to end up um 
So they're going to need some heel tag teams. This was a perfect opportunity to make one that isn't the mighty, who have also been like in and out and injured and yeah. not really doing much with and wear leather jackets as if that's cool. Like their heels now. Yeah, ooh, really long dusters. Oh, the Matrix. Yeah. The, this, yeah, this just feels like, why would you do that? It, it was weird because they were putting over in this match as like, well, heavy machinery, they really need to rebuild themselves and establish their dominance within the tag team division again. And then when they were, I saw they were facing the Forgotten Sons, I was like, oh, okay, well, that's a team you're pushing, though. So, like, yes. sure, like, surely you've got to be giving the win to the Forgotten Sons mm. here and, like, kind of get some momentum for them. And so I was really surprised when, A, this match went 12 minutes. <laughs> Good Lord, did not need to go 12 minutes. There were so many, like, false finishes. I was like... Uh, this match is still going, I guess. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's still going. Um, and and then the Forgotten Sons lost. Like Heavy Machinery pick up the win. Otis Dozovich hits a pop-up front slam, which did look wicked. And yeah, I, I, really good. I'm a big, big fan of Heavy Machinery, particularly... I mean, I say fan of Heavy Machinery. I'm a fan of Otis Dozovich. <laughs> I think that he is dragging the best out of um, Tucker Knight. But I think Otis is so charismatic. He's as wide as he is tall. He's just... <laughs> he is he's Mr. Strong. <laughs> he, is, he really is Mr. Strong. A big square man yeah. with these legs. Yeah. And it's so... It, you got is, killed by geometry. He is someone who will get over on the main roster in the first couple of weeks because he'll just do the worm and that will get over. Yes, yeah. And then he'll become No Way Jose and just not make TV ever again. Mm. Like that's, that's kind of how I feel about Osis, which is a shame because I think there's so much mileage you can get out of him. Like Heavy Machinery could be your version of, I mean, it seems like an obvious comparison given the worm, but of Too Cool. Yes. A really fun opening act you can put into onto a pay-per-view just to get the crowd warmed up and things like that. Mm. I, I don't see them being like future top tag team stars no. but there are certainly stuff you can you can get out of them but they're going to be topping NXT soon mate because they've beaten the Forgotten well, Sons I, now I kind of guess yeah, I kind of guess yeah but um, I, mean, I suppose the they've got War Raiders you know who have also yeah. got beards and are big but this is what I'm saying like War Raiders are faces right so like we're going to need someone who isn't Undisputed Era to challenge again and you know maybe we'll get Street Profits hopefully who are also baby like, faces who are also baby faces but like you need some heels you can't really just we can't just do War Raiders Undisputed Era until the end of time because Undisputed Era have been in the last four feuds for the tag titles even when they weren't in it like yeah. even when they didn't have the belt so it's like okay well who who is going to be it's yeah. not going to be the mighty I tell you it's not going to be it is not going to be the mighty I feel bad for the mighty I feel bad for them but I just it's you know TM61 yeah. was not a good name no it was not and no. then they were unlucky with injuries yeah. and then they just they came back and again, it, it was the same thing with the Forgotten Sons. Like someone returned in a new, like in new packaging, or just a big, like a big return for the for TM61. And it was they were saying the whole time, like these guys, they've got a lot to prove. They come back, blah 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 blah. And immediately they started taking losses. Yeah. And it was just like, okay, well, fine. And then yeah. they, and then they turn, and then it's six months bef- even after that before they turn heel and start to get some momentum. And then again, now they're just losing to the Street Profits again. Yes, so, exactly. Yeah. And I think a loss like this does kind of derail the Forgotten Sons because, like, I don't, I haven't watched, I haven't watched all of NXT this mm. year. Like, I actually missed the debut of the Forgotten Sons, but I did see like the Jackson Riker stuff that they did. Um, so it kind of seems weird that that so early on to this, they just lost this this twelve minute match. And really, this twelve minute match wasn't for anything. Like, no. I, I don't think Heavy Machinery have come out better because of it. And Forgotten Sons certainly didn't come out better for it either. Riker didn't even try. It's like he didn't even, <laughs> try, he genuinely... didn't even try and get involved. He was literally there to catch someone being pushed off the top. And that was his yeah. only role in this match. Pretty much. I mean, I'll be honest. I genuinely forgot he was part of this until mm. uh, we got to the end. Yeah, I, Which I, is I, a shame because he was so intense in the beginning. I like, I like his entrance, which is just stare scary. down the lens of the camera. As and that scary is as he yeah. can, yeah. I, I think Heavy Machinery are fun, but this match was... Went far too long. Mm. Uh, we got a recap of the angle last week with Alistair Black and Candice LeRae, and that's when we got the Candice LeRae earlier in the day interview, and we found out that Johnny Gargano has sent in a video. We then got a backstage segment with the NXT Women's Champion Shayna Baszler, and she's there with Marina Shafir and Jessamine. Oh, she's so good! Like I was. Um, for Ramble Club, spoilers for Ramble Club. Uh, I was rewatching the uh, Becky Lynch Charlotte Flair. Uh, women uh, the evolution match the last women standing mm. match and the match that was before that was Baszler Sane mm. 
And just hearing Shayna Baszler's music just made me go like, gosh, she's the best. Yeah, gosh, she's, she's so, so good. And yeah. she's there with Shafir and Duke. And I'm like, this is, she's absolute money. Mm. Like, she's absolutely brilliant. She's there with, with Kathy Kelly. And Baszler's there going like, how many times do I have to beat Kyrie Sane? Like, yeah. I've proven my point. Like, why do I need to talk about her ever again? But um, unfortunately, Regal walks in and announces that uh, Kairi Sane has invoked her rematch clause, which is going to go down at War Games in a two out of three falls match. It's cool, but also, how many match? How many rematches are we going to have? How many matches of this are we going to have? Well, this like, will be their fourth. Uh, yeah, yeah, their fourth match. And this I just year, and I, I just don't feel like this is the same level blood feud, title feud that mm-hmm. you know. I think Champa and Gargano can have five matches in a row because also they, they left it all on the you know they they left it all out there like they just did everything that you could possibly do yeah. and I, but I think that's done now and I do I felt like Shayna winning the title back from Sane was probably the line under this that we need we've had them in uh, May Young they've had matches where Shayna uh, beat her on NXT beat her, beat her on NXT they've had uh, the title match yeah Sane winning the belt and then they've had a rematch where she wins the belt back so I, What's I ag- going on here? Well, I agree with you, but I think this is more a victim of circumstance. The the TV tapings fell in between oh, evolution, yeah. so like they couldn't. I mean, they could have just announced a different opponent, but yeah. then there would have been the question of why didn't Sane invoke her rematch clause? Because yeah. that's the that's the awful thing. Well, about this is the rematch, rematch clause. Clauses, yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. So I think this this match almost feels like a victim of circumstance, which is a mm. shame, really, for your NXT Women's Championship. But we will at least get to see uh, the 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 trio of Shafir and Duke out there as well. So yeah, that's cool. That's which is cool, and it's a two out of three fours match, which I'm sure will be very good. Uh, next up, we got a women's division match between my girl Dakota Kai against Tanyara Conti, who you may recognize if you don't watch NXT on the reg, uh, was in the WrestleMania Women's Battle Royal earlier this year. She is Brazilian and a judo expert. A judoka. Judoka, which uh, <laughs> Nigel McGuinness took so much pleasure in constantly mm. saying. Yeah. He was just like, I'm, I know this word. I'm yeah. going to say it. As judoka. As- <laughs> judoka. It's the game where you make words out of nine... <laughs> Nine squares. I thought this was uh, a good match. Um, really, it was all about Dakota Kai's kicks for me. Yes. She was showing off her team kick skills. I love the scorpion kick. Um, and yeah, she did some good like you know running kicks and whatnot. And then hit her backstabber for the win, which is called the chiropractor. Oh. The chiropractor. Because she does this sort of like terrible spinning... <laughs> Uh, I think the move is cool. The it's, move it's, is super cool. It's super cool. It's heavily contrived, everyone's favourite word. But it is like, mm. it is, it's a really fun looking move. Ollie hates it. Yeah. I mean, well, you can't pull it out of nowhere. I think no, is the thing. absolutely. So it's not like, like, yeah, you have to like be in the exact situation in which you can do a roly poly and then be like, and your back is hurt. Exactly, yeah. It is like someone, she essentially looked at the Canadian Destroyer and was mm. like, how can I make this look even more it would be, fake? It would be a really good move to just have in the middle of a match but being the fit like it's so difficult to be like let's set up for the finish if you could stand up please and then roll over at the right time that'd be great like lift me up onto your shoulders and then (laughs) i'll roll through yes and then we'll do a backstabber yeah how do you feel about that uh but i thought it was a fine little match yeah she had some good stuff i I didn't i didn't think there was much more to write home about that absolutely not her selling was very good though Mm. mia yim was backstage with the angel kathy kelly and she just talks about like how great it is to be in nxt i'm so lucky to be here this is the best you guys are the best uh, and Bianca, cheers to you. Cheers to you. And Bianca Belair walks in and she wants to know why Kathy is interviewing Mia Yim when she should be talking to Bianca Belair. And she does her undefeated gimmick slowly while purposely chewing as loudly as she can I'm into so the microphone. It was so good. So it awesome. was so good. I um, loved this. Da. Be. Ted. It's me tingles, Luke. It's that like oh. weird ASMR what you're doing. <laughs> It was so good. Although I'm very surprised that Mia Yim um, was in a ba- was a babyface mm. here, to be honest, because she she was more or less playing a heel in in the uh, the May Young Classic, being yeah. the, the Blasian baddie. Mm. So she, it's kind of weird to see her then just come in here as a babyface. And her catchphrase that she is the head baddie in charge is super lame. It's the most overworked nickname though, because if you are the head of something, mm. you are in charge. So yes. that's like saying. <laughs> It's like saying stripy tiger. Tigers are stripy. The <laughs> yeah. definition of tiger is stripy big cat. 
Yes. Like, so if you say Strappy Tiger, it's the same thing. Head baddie in charge. Yes, I know. It is how I feel like... I am the head accountant, but I'm also in charge. We knew you were in charge, Steve. It'd be like... It's it's how I imagine my six year old self would have uh, described Doctor Claw in Inspector Gadget. <laughs> like, yeah. like Mad is the organisation, and he's the head baddie in charge of it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the head baddie in charge. It yeah, I like Mia Yim. I'm the goodest hero of all. I like Mia Yim and everything, but head baddie in charge is wonderfully lame. But then also. HBIC when you she's like well I'm you're the you're the EST but I'm the HBIC H-B-I-C. it's like okay cool so you're running a bank now what? <laughs> what's happening <laughs> yeah uh, we then got that WWE.com clip that we saw last week after Matt Riddle's debut and his win uh, and he's con- he's walking backstage with uh, our boy Keith Lee just been a bro just been a bro and he's confronted by Cassius Ono who likes to break new toys um, it felt like they were almost setting up uh, Keith Lee and Matt Riddle as a team they That's were, what I thought, yeah. Yeah, because they were there. I mean, obviously, they're, they're very good friends in, in real life. Ollie and I have been for drinks with them, name dropping there. And um, uh, so they are genuine friends in real life, but it really did feel like they were, they had like catchphrases, like they were sharing each other's catchphrases mm. as if they were being set up to become a tag team. Which, I mean, it's not the worst use of Keith Lee and Matt Riddle. There are much better uses of no. both men, mm. um, top guys, for example. But as a tag team, but then again, to your point earlier that's another baby face team because yes. like Lorcan and Birch are a baby face mm-hmm. team so like we're just like loading all these baby face teams in here which I suppose can go up against the Undisputed Era mm. but if they don't have the titles or if they lose titles they get called up then you're just left with loads of baby face See, challenges I think, I think maybe it's not a tag team thing maybe it's more like they're just in each other they'll just be in mm. each other's corner mm-hmm. and then they can have a feud that just combines the two of them yeah rather than having to do like let's have a separate feud for both guys or a separate thing for them to do and this can just be like a back burner thing for them to do for a little while while we get to the point where all the guys at the top of the roster go away yes like they go they go up to the main card and then we've actually got some space to do something with these two yeah so for now we can just have matt riddle matches where keith lee comes out mm-hmm. keith lee matches where matt riddle comes out and then they swap over facing the same opponent or whatever it's going to be you know? and realistically you don't even have to do that like you don't have to have them as a tag team you don't have to have them in each other's corners you just need to set up backstage these two are friends yes absolutely because this is an interconnected world it's the MCU of WWE and everyone just people see each other backstage and they interact with each other backstage they Mm. have relationships backstage that don't need to play into storylines with that said I wish Keith Lee was on TV more well yeah because he is he is awesome that would be fine then we got what I would say was probably the best thing on the show which was an awesome video package for war games this is a this is a video package that I would imagine will probably play on the pay-per-view just before the match happens. Mm. But I will happily watch it again. I may even watch it again once we finish this recording. <laughs> this was so good in hyping up like the danger of the War Games mm. match, the awesomeness of the Undisputed Era, how these four disparate guys, or at least you know three disparate Pete Dunne, Ricochet, and the War Raiders have come together to fight against the Undisputed Era. I just thought this was absolutely brilliant. I thought this was really awesome. Yeah, I really. I, my only note is that it was. It's an amazing promo with terrible music. <laughs> it's like really bad. You didn't. I didn't notice for a long time how bad the music was until there was a bit towards the end, and I was like, Oh no, that's really bad music. Like, yeah, NXT has some like. Sometimes they have some really great tracks. Like mm. they had Frank Carter and the Rattlesnakes. I mean, that was a long while ago now, but like that—that that was a really cool choice. Mm. Sometimes they have some absolute honkers in there. Yeah. Like there's a "Bring Me to the Bring Me the Horizon." Bring me the horizon. Bring it to me. Bring Please, it over here. could I have one horizon? And they have got the most generic song for war games. Mm. Like main roster music for pay per views is objectively terrible. Like it is all, unless it's Little Mix, it's always very, very <laughs> bad. It is terrible. But sometimes NXT just pick the most generic songs. Mm. Like you, you forget about it the following week. It needs to sound like um, oh something. Ooh. I don't know. It needs to know. sound like every song from ten years ago. Yeah, yeah let, let, let's Perfect. do that. Perfect. They've just done. The, they've done like they've found a search engine that just does <laughs> sound the sound alike search engine. It needs to sound like, you know that you know the promo we had. Oh, six years ago. <laughs> I want a song like that, but not that one. Yeah. So what's the most current song in the search database? Oh, here it is. It's, it's Bring Me the Horizon this week. Yeah, like so we have a, a music library that we mm. have access to when we do our weekend videos and stuff. And that is full of generic music mm. that sounds like other things. 
that is what this sounds like. It it's sounds like audio like a, network back in the day when yeah, you used to be able to search like literally sounds like a whole new world or whatever it was that you were editing, <laughs> yeah. and you'd be like, okay, yeah, sounds like that. And yeah. it's like, oh, there we go, an exact replica of that song, one note changed. Well, exactly. Like, so I, we're doing something on the Undisputed Era. Mm. So I went into this search engine. And I was like, find me a song that sounds like Rage Against the Machine, and <laughs> I just found it. I was like, this sounds just like Rage. That'll do. Yeah, perfect. Um, <laughs> My favorite thing about this promo, though, that really did make me laugh is that Pete Dunne, during this, says, you, Undisputed Era, you always have the numbers advantage, but at War Games, it won't be about the numbers advantage. And I was like, no, Pete, that's exactly the point of War Games, yeah. is that at some point, there will be a numbers advantage. Yeah. Eventually, it will be four on four, mm. but for the majority of the match, it will literally be about the numbers advantage. Yeah, and they are probably going to get it? <laughs> yes, they probably are. I think? I would imagine so. Um, be a bit enough if it wasn't. <laughs> well, it was a tremendous video package either way. We are making jokes, but it was a tremendous video package. And it was announced that next week Mia Yim is going to take on Bianca Belair. And William Regal is also backstage and he announces that there is going to be a singles match next week with the winner getting the advantage in war games. He doesn't announce which of the mm-hmm. four, which of the eight men are going to be in this match, but we'll find out. Who next would you week. like to see? Who would I like to see? I would like to see Kyle O'Reilly against Hanson. I would really like it to be one of the War Raiders in a singles match because that's something you don't usually, that's something you don't often see. I'd also like to see Kyle O'Reilly in a singles match anyway because he's awesome. Mm. Or Bubbles Fish would be great in there because we haven't seen, like, Bubbles hasn't been part of a match since his return. Yeah. So that'd be also quite cool. So I, I, I'd imagine it would be Cole or Strong, but I'd like to see it changed up a little bit. I'd love it to be Fish versus yeah. like Ricochet. That'd be cool. And maybe taking out his legs. Mm. Yes, yeah, so we can't a bit of chair shot so in, like, in, the, in, the, in the setup for Takeover. Absolutely, like, you yeah. know, Ricochet's going in damaged. <laughs> so we then got our main event of the evening, which was set up from a couple of weeks ago. Do you think he's going to do the? Sorry, do you think he's going to do the six thirty off the top? <sighs> yes. Yeah, I would imagine so. Like they want to do, do their think big if he like, does it off highlight the top, reel get, spots. Do you think if he does it off the top, he'll get even more flips in? Is this like what we were talking about with Justin Sizem? Yeah. Like if you put him in a bigger building, yeah. he can just do more flips. Is he going to get? Times. Is he going to do a, a, a ten eighty? <laughs> 1080 snowboarding. 1080 snowboarding. He's going to do that. <laughs> oh, mate. Imagine if he's doing that while on an N64. Mm. Um, so we then got our main event of the evening. We set up a couple of weeks ago, which is the Velveteen Dream versus Lars Sullivan. Um, I did see your notes on this earlier, which is just... <laughs> How dull. <laughs> <laughs> Lars is big. How dull. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was very tired this morning, and I was quite annoyed at having to watch Lars Sullivan. Well... And I would say this got off to a very hot start mm. because Velveteen Dream is so good. Like, he is amazing at this. And he's actually transitioned very well into a babyface role mm. without changing a single thing about his character or the way that he presents himself in the ring. But as soon as this bell rings, he is on Lars Sullivan yes. and trying to, like, chop down this big tree. And it did get off to a really, really hot start. But then it just fell into Lars Sullivan doing a Vulcan nerve pinch mm. for what felt like forever. Well, after he chucked him around a bit. And obviously, yeah. like, it still looks good when he's chucking around because Dream is the highest jumping man I've ever seen. He does. When he, do, when he, he just when he, Jessica beals him across the ring, yeah, like, yeah. he can really get some height on and there, was, and there was also that amazing moment where he popped him up and then Dream... At full height, just does a drop kick yes. to his face and then pops back down. And I was so he has good. got a wonderful drop kick. Yeah, it was that was really good. Incredible was, standing drop kick. I thought it was. I thought it was good. Like yeah, yeah, it was. I enjoyed it. Like there was lots of good bits and there was lots of nice uh, close finish, like close falls with Dream doing some of his like bigger moves. Like he managed to do the Dream Valley Drive. Oh man, on so Lance impressive! Seven, which was amazing. That move is incredible. The way he rolls himself over mm. is so awesome. Yeah, and he, he did. Uh, yeah, did just a bunch of stuff there that looked really, really good. Uh, and then it just all became a bit shenanigany for me. And I'm just, I just wonder why we can't have Dream just win some stuff. Like, yeah, especially as you're going into a championship match. I mean, unless yeah. this is setting up for it to be a triple threat yes. at uh, Takeover War Games, which could very well be the case mm. because Lars Sullivan did pick up the win here. 
Uh, Dream was on a roll. He did get the Dream Valley Driver, which looked absolutely awesome. And he got up top to do the Purple Rainmaker. But then Tommaso Ciampa ran down from the mm-hmm. back. And Dream got distracted and jumped onto Ciampa instead. And when he got back into the ring, Lars hit the freak accidents for the win. So Dream picked up a loss mm. here on his way into a championship match. And then Lars essentially thanos away. He just disappeared. He just walked up the ramp and celebrated. Yeah. Bye-bye. Yeah. And so I thought the match was, it started off really well. It ended quite well. But I thought the middle section with the Vulcan nerve pinches were not as good. No, definitely not. And then and then we had a whole bit of stuff at the end. This with... stuff at the end was very, very cool. Yeah, I enjoyed I like this. End, I thought it was yeah. a good way to end off this show, which, as we said, wasn't really much to write home about. But I thought this end segment was cool. So Champy gets back in the ring and he starts attacking Dream and he's sort of shouting at him that he's not in his league. And then Dream just starts firing back and he hits a twisting DDT onto the title and he goes up top to hit the Purple Rainmaker but referees come down they're like, no Dream, don't you do it. No, Mm. no, no, no. And they're like checking on Chad. Bad Dream. Bad Dream. And then Dream starts going up the ramp and then decides, F this. And he runs back down, gets up top and he hits the Purple Rainmaker and he grabs the title. And when he grabbed the title, this NXT crowd were super into the Velveteen yeah, Dream yeah. being NXT champion. It was a really awesome, genuine babyface reaction. Mm. And he's there and he's set around. And actually, it felt like a really cool moment. Yes. It's the sort of moment I thought that someone could tape this and then pretend online that Dream won the title at the uh, tapings. Like, yeah, you absolutely. Could, you yeah. could have leaked this online and said, like, oh, Velveteen Dream wins the title at the tapings. <laughs> yeah. And it looks so real. And the crowd are so into it that it does look like someone just changed, like he just won the NXT championship. Mm. I thought it was a very cool ending. I think Dream is good. Yeah, I think you absolutely could have got that exact same ending without having to have him pick up a loss for Lars Sullivan because he's what he's had. Has he had more than how long has that been like that for? Uh, it's literally just gone. I've watched it go. Okay, I don't know why. Oh, there it goes. It comes back. Let's no, come back. An error it's occurred. occurred. Click restart from the beginning. Nah, don't worry about it. It's fine. Um, sorry, you were saying. Yeah, no. So I just think you could have like how many matches has Dream actually won? <laughs> Two. <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, more he, than he, more than two. He beat EC3 at um, Thingio, and then I think he's he won probably, like, probably he won, won like, on TV. I think he won like one of his first matches yeah. when he first appeared. He's probably and had some wins then... on TV. But it, what? Yeah, I, I get your point. Velveteen Dream. Does, he's we've always said that he's the guy that mm. people lose, like, people beat at takeover shows as a way to move up the roster. Yeah, he, he's definitely the kingmaker. Yeah. yeah, he is the kingmaker. So I'm really happy to see him in this position. I don't feel like it's the right time, personally. Like, no, so, I that's, that's what I mean. It's like, you know, we could have built to this being the right time for Dream. We could have built off the back of that EC3 victory into this run where he has this, you know, this, these, this insane set of wins and then he ends up with a title shot. Instead, he just they just went... Uh, I don't see Hamilton Dream a title shot. And it was yeah. like, oh, okay. And then I thought this might be a moment like, you know, he could beat Lars Sullivan here. That's a really big deal. And then Champa attacks, beats him down, beats him down, beats him down. Goes too far. Dream then gets up, fires up, and we get the same exact same moment with him holding up the belt and mm-hmm. everyone's well into it. And that would be fine. Because the thing is with Champa, like, he doesn't have to do very much to be regarded as the worst man alive. Mm-hmm. So... It, <laughs> He only has to come out, really, yeah. in NXT. So it's not like we needed to do, like, he che- like he distracts Dream and Lars picks up the win and go through all that sort of normal gaining heel heat. He already has the heat. He maintains it in a core inside himself that is constantly yeah. furnished by a series of dwarves or something. <laughs> I think the problem really is that, and it's a WWE-wide thing, and it usually is in, in wrestling as well, is that you don't want giants to lose. Absolutely like if, not. Like, no. if you have unstoppable monsters like Lars and his terrible trunks are, you don't want him to lose a lot. Lars and his big boy pants. <laughs> his big, strong boy pants. You don't want him to lose a lot. Mm. And you, it's, Braun Strowman's the exact same thing. You don't want to back. You don't want to beat Braun all the time because then he loses his credibility. Problem mm. is, then you then have to sacrifice other people at the expense of not sacrificing yeah. your big strong boy. But then why do we have Lars Sullivan in this match? Just get him out of this picture. Well, like, I'm guessing get someone else again. As I'm saying, if this sets up the triple threat, then I'm perfectly fine with it. Yes. If it doesn't, then uh. then if it doesn't, then it's not so great. Also, why do WWE always name like so bad at naming big people like? Large Sullivan, Large Sullivan, Braun Strowman, Braun Strongman, <laughs> The Big Show, <laughs> terrible. The noun. Um, I yeah. So I thought the show overall. I thought the show was fine. I thought there was perfectly fine wrestling on the show. I thought the War Games uh, promo video package was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that. 
Gargano's promo was very good. I thought the Shayna Baszler was the best thing. But <laughs> I thought the ending of the show was quite cool as well. But it really didn't feel like a right home episode no. of NXT. It felt like we need, we're just filling up time to, before we get to the... Yeah. You know the go home show next week, and that's where we'll do some big stuff there. So I think they've been on a, they've been on a massive hot streak recently, and I yes. think this is obviously you can't always different. Have that. Yeah, yeah, and obviously like they've been a bit hampered by where the tapings are comparative to various other pay per views. So yeah, they've struggled to be like well, let's maintain sort of momentum with the tag division and all these other bits and bobs leading into war games and now we're just in a sort of like filler week where we just bubble away yeah we'll just have heavy machinery uh, heavy machinery versus yeah. forgotten sons and they win um <laughs> last positive point i will say about the show <laughs> last you guys last positive point i will say about this show though is that Lars sullivan has incredible entrance music i absolutely yeah, love it's it really good. and i thoroughly enjoyed there was a guy probably at three rows to the back, who was air pianoing along with it. Going was like, he? Bloom, 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 there was a little, bloom, there was a little bloom, I saw a little granny at one point. I can't remember where she was. Oh, in the in the Lars Sullivan match. Yeah, she was just in the background of one of the shots, just yep. watching along. Like my nana old um, world of sports shows. Yeah, my nana did that as well. Email here from Tyson Styles. Incredible name that is. With a wrestle talk, get better. Hi, Luke, Oki, and Laurie. I'm assuming he meant to say Ollie, uh, but no, maybe. we've employed Okie Doke. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he's written Okie. Uh, my name is Tyson. I'm 21 from Australia. I've been listening for as long as I can remember. After I stumbled upon a video one day, I'm now a $10 pledge hammer, which I'm very proud of, and we Woo! bloody love you for it. Uh, after hearing Ollie and yours attempts at the gym and getting better, I decided to take it upon myself. As I suffer from anxiety and depression, I thought this might be a good way to help battle these. I'm currently 110 kilograms and stand at five foot nine. I feel people judge me in public and how I look because of what I... Um, and I wear my t-shirt doesn't fit sit quite flat on me. Sorry, I do apologize for my reading of this. I've been I've been walking on and off. I stopped <clears throat> I stopped for a good month ish, but today I realized I start needed to start getting up again. So I walked 15 kilometers, which is nine and a half miles, which equated to 18,000. 897 steps part of which was an eight hour shift at work i'm going to continue doing this every day until i reach my goal of 95 kilograms i listen to the podcast every time i go out for a walk and if there's new ones <clears throat> if there's new ones i go and re-listen to the patreon reviews currently on my third re-listen of money in the bank 2011 that was our first wrestle ramble extra we Ooh. did which means it probably isn't as good as more <laughs> recent ones uh, I think we need to start making longer content if he's going for 15 kilometer walks. Well, I was gonna say, we're not covering we're not covering half of that. Absolutely, we're <laughs> not. Like, so, I think our longest restaurant extra is four and a half hours. Mm. So I would just listen to that one the most, mm. I guess, because that really will fill up your time. Um, listen I to them on half speed. <laughs> I told my brother this quite recently because my uh, my cousin was listening to our uh, WrestleMania X7 review, and uh, when she was flying out to Australia, funny enough. And my, my brother caught wind of this, and he was like, do you do four-hour podcasts? I was like, well, not every week. Mm. I was like, I mean, really, in total, there is four hours' worth of podcasts every week. Mm. But, yeah, in one chunk, my brother is very much of the opinion that a podcast should only be half an hour long, and anything other than that is excessive. <laughs> I was like, do what not... What podcasts does he listen to? Uh, ones that go half hour. Yeah. Like, you know, like... Um, all the ones from like like this American Life and mm. uh, Reply All that sort of thing, where they just do things in half hour chunks, which are wonderful. But I'm also a guy who listens to Talking Simpsons, and they manage to get almost two hours every week out of a Simpsons episode, yeah. a twenty minute long Simpsons. Episode. I listen to Critical Role, and that goes for like five, five hours. hours. Yeah, so I was like, say, yeah, yeah. Uh, back to Tyler. I go and re-listen to the Patreon reviews. If you wish, I'll keep you updated every now and again. Keep up the consistent work. L much love from the land down under. Wish I could meet you three one day, but it's quite the journey to the UK. Anyways, have a great day. Tyson, thank you so much for your email. Sorry, I did a piss poor job of reading it out. Um, I'm... That's how you need to get better. That is. Get that better, really is get my better, get better. Get better at reading. Uh, let's have this here quickly from Marcel Jura. So, this will be uh, before you came on to do podcasts with us. But Marcel Jura is one of our pledge hammers, but mm -hmm. he did not like Rusev Hayes. No. He, uh, no, I, no I've, I've, heard, I've heard this. Yes, he thought Rusev Hayes were bad, and he thought that uh, everyone would agree with him. He's done one now. He has sent in a Rusev <laughs> Hayes. <laughs> 
Hi, Luke. And you Ollie. hypocrite. <laughs> he does say, hi, Luke and Ollie slash Laurie. Remember me? I was the one complaining on Twitter about too many Rusev Hayes and the one who intends to eat humble pie. Now I've got one for you as well. It was the second night of the WXW 16 Carrot Gold Tournament of 2018, right after the epic triple threat between Bad Bones, John Kilnger, Volta, and a surprisingly returning Ilya Drogonov. Just for context, 16 Carrot is nowadays like a weekend-long wrestling festival with other promotions as well. I had the pleasure of experiencing at least 14 hours of live action and I didn't participate in all the events. I I might make a pitch to Wally that we go to WXW 16 Carat next year. I think that'd be a right lark. Yeah. We'll go with Matthew. It'll be good beer. Yeah, and it will be good beer, absolutely. Uh, on Saturday, there was a WXW organised after-show party, and since the last show of the tournament was on Sunday and folks had to work on Mondays, the party was something of a closing party for the festival. They had karaoke and drinks. My favourite. I mean, obviously, that we've got to go, because yeah. this is Laurie Blake all over. It's <laughs> karaoke and drinks. Uh, they had karaoke and drinks, and the atmosphere was great. I went to the bar, and none other, there was none other than Ilya Droganov himself. He was grinning from cheek to cheek and just enjoying himself. I had to talk to him, so I went over and congratulated him on his epic title victory and his return to wrestling. He was calm, just nodded, and appreciated my comics comments. I asked for a quick picture, because pics or it didn't happen, and he agreed. After this, I let him at the bar, since he had his chest chopped bloody by Volta just an hour ago. Other wrestlers of this uh, were at this party who kept kayfabe alive by always glaring over to Elia Matt Riddle who had ruby red eyes John Simmons who had just uh, had his foot in a cast which you could sign for 10 euros was talking to Matthew from Botchamania and Killer Kelly for Matthew I popped the most since I never expected him to be here in Germany we took a pic together as well it was a great evening I hope you'll be at WXW 16 Karat Gold 2019 I already have my ticket consider it a business trip and let me buy you some drinks that's all for now this email was long enough love you bye uh, this won't be my last Rusev hey god you hypocrite but there he is hypocrite that is uh, Marcel there with Matthew oh. from Botchamania and there Both he is looking incredibly pleased yeah and there he is with Ilya Droganov what did Ilya Droganov uh, sing that is the question. I feel like a rah, lot rah, of... Rah, rah, team, Russia's greatest love machine. <laughs> or, That's it. Yeah. Or he just goes... Which I could totally buy into as well. Um, I feel like... A lot of Father Issa because that's two on the bounce now we've done with you on the NXT ones that have been based around karaoke because we had the mm. Jericho Cruise one last week. Yeah, yeah. So specifically, I want... Restless Love Karaoke. What I want say? Rusev Hay karaoke's for the NXT reviews. Yeah, that's it. What songs have you seen wrestlers singing? There we that's go. That's what I need to know. There we go. We'll come up with a new... What ca- was it Soul Cal Val told us uh, they were singing? Oh, when we interviewed her for WOS. Yeah. Was it Tiny Dancer? No. No, it no, it was um, it was Elton John's song. I feel like it was Tiny Dancer because we started to sing it a little bit mm. on that interview. Blue jean, baby. Yeah. She's doing the, she did the verses, and you were like, I thought we were just gonna do this. I thought we were just gonna go. Yeah. Oh, I'm a close. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it dancer. was. Uh, it was Tiny Dancer. Yeah. Right, but well, that is all we've got time for. Actually, maybe we'll end us off with a joke. So I like to end off with a joke on this. Um, because the rest of it is thoroughly unfunny. <laughs> um. <laughs> we had a great one from <laughs> Joshua Grevy yesterday, um, which is, do people in Dubai watch the Flintstones? No, but the people in Abu Dhabi do. Uh, I like this. What's better than Ted dancing? Ted singing and dancing. <laughs> oh. What's the difference between an old greyhound station, as in the coach service, and a lobster with breast implants? I don't know. One is a rusty bus station. The other is a busty crustacean. Keep up the awesomely great consistent work. That's from Josh Grebitz. No. Why can't a bike stand by itself? Because it's too tired. There's two tires on it. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you all for your amazing correspondence. We do want your karaoke-based Rousseau Hayes to come in, though. Uh, thank you for listening. We will be back on Saturday with the magazine show. And there will be the return of Fantasy Booking Warfare this weekend with Ollie Davis and myself booking the Undisputed Era's main roster call-ups. That we don't know if it might be Saturday or it might be Sunday we haven't quite decided yet but thank you for listening we'll see you again soon take care I love you goodbye bye
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.